today's anecdotal experience podcast and the following message are sponsored by Instagram. Instagram is totally the new Twitter. I don't even tweet anymore. But I'm hype on Instagram. Take a Snapchat filter and put it on Instagram. Now you're playing the game. Player. Thank you for coming back or being the friend that someone told about the Anecdotal Experience podcast. Tell me who you are. Hit me up. Anecdotalexperience at gmail.com. Today, our guest is Lee Kimbrell. Talk about his grandma. Leave that at that. Talk about relationships, his identity as a baseball player, as a boyfriend. What does that mean? What did that mean to him? This will be good. Lee's a real sweetie. So Lee brought over a six pack of beer and he saw me drinking a beer at a bar one time and he noticed and he brought that specific beer. Isn't that sweet? Isn't that that's good boyfriend? If uh, I don't think he's looking for a relationship, but like get at a player. DM him on Facebook, Lee Kimbrell. All right, let's just, uh, I'm done pimping. Lee, let's do this episode of Lee Kimbrell. Yeah, man. I've moved to Northern Kentucky from Lexington or Cincinnati four different times in like five years, six years. Um, I moved up here the first time, went to NKU, Northern Kentucky University, as a freshman, mm-hmm. you know, I was coming up here, I was trying to play baseball. I think that I just did it more or less just because I felt like I should go and play baseball. I don't know if I really- Dude, re- I did that too. Yeah. I didn't really want to, but it's like, here uh, you are, dude. You played baseball your entire life. Yeah. Everyone thought you were going to play in college. You always thought you were going to play in college. And it's just like- Kimbrel, baseball player. Your identity. Kimbrel, comma, baseball mm-hmm. player. Yeah. No shit, it's so weird. Did you want to play? See, that's the thing. It's like, I really enjoyed it, but if I really wanted to play, then I would have made strides to try to make it happen. I just kind of half-assed it, filled out some college applications. I wasn't, I didn't play like summer ball or anything. I didn't try really hard to get recruited, but just, you know, but it's still, like you just said, it was just totally part of my identity. And uh, so I moved up here, tried to walk on. That lasted every bit of three weeks. Yeah. And then I just ended up emailing my parents and was like, and I spun it and this wasn't totally bullshit. It was just like, hey, I'm not going to go pro. This is just kind of smaller level baseball. Did they care? No, not at all. They loved it. Yeah. They were like, yeah, for sure. Who was holding on to the baseball identity? Me thinking that everybody else was. Isn't that a weird thing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where you think everyone, this is me, this is me, this is all I am. Yeah, and you just I'm like, yes. Yeah. You live up to the expectations that you just think everyone has for you when really they're just worried about their own shit and just right. hoping that you can keep your head above water. Right. Most so, people, yeah. they I'm, don't know. They don't even know you play baseball. No, right? exactly. Right. And that's what's so weird is you were, you know, talking about how you identify with. You know, and I feel like that happens with so much with people, especially yeah. in high school, whether it's sports or any other group that you're in, because you're just grasping to have an identity when you're yeah, that age, right? For sure. And then you get out, it's just like this, you know, no one no one in a million years, no one that I've come into contact or befriended in the past seven years even equates me to the sport of baseball. 
<laughs> you know, and even if they did, yeah, they don't. They yeah. don't have any expectation that you're going to be a baseball player your yeah. entire life. No one's no. counting on you no. to do that or cares at all. Live your truth, man. Live your truth. I heard that last podcast. Dude, That's just, a good one. It's it isn't it great? That's uh, a good one. Katie Woodruff. There you go. Live your truth. Shout out. Just do whatever you want. Do do what you feel. Don't do what you think people. Even if people honestly do expect you to be something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Live the life. You only have one. Yeah, exactly. Don't play baseball. Yeah, you totally live one. So it's even weird, like at this point, it's even weird that we started this off with me, like even mentioning the word baseball. Yeah. It's so far out it's of my brain. It's identity crisis, man. Exactly. I love it. It's good stuff. So I moved up here, uh, went to NKU for a year, ended mm-hmm. up moving back down to Lexington, and I went to the University of Kentucky. Wait, why'd you move? I moved up here just because, oh, why did I leave Northern Kentucky University? Yeah. Because it was a rush decision to come up here with this half-assed baked, you know, half-baked idea of playing baseball. Yeah. Then I got up here. That didn't come to fruition. Then I was just up here. NKU now is a pretty, pretty killer school, I guess. But yeah. back when I went in like 2009, it was very much still a commuter school. I was did, lame. Did, yeah. I didn't really feel like, you know, the classic college experience. I didn't really feel like I was getting it. Plus, I just kind of hurried away. I missed all my friends, missed my family. All you right, know. so you just weren't having fun. No, dude, fun. It was, it's the classic, you know, guy leaves high school with this certain idea of himself, leaves freshman year of college, yeah. and is just like the size of a grain of sand. You know, I was nothing. You had no North, idea who you exactly. were. Yeah. No clue. Oh, were you hot was, shit back oh, in uh I Washington? mean, you know... Um, Did you think yeah, of yourself as yeah, that way? Yeah, I thought I was definitely hot shit. Were you like shit. a cool guy in high school? Yeah, high school was very not hard. I loved it. Yeah? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I loved it. Looking back on it, sure, it's, I was, it was a happy time. I had plenty of friends, played a couple sports. Yeah. Dated a girl all four years of high school. Nice. Yeah, you know how that goes. Yeah. Um, no, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But it's just an old tired cliche. Yeah. Um, Lexington is cool because it's, it's Lexington, Kentucky. It's um, it's like a small town. Yeah. You know, there's there's six public high schools, so it's kind of bustling and it feels like a city, but then it's also like really incestuous because everyone just knows everybody, like right. all these groups. Did you want that friends. though? Did I want to coming be, back? Coming back, were you like looking forward to being back in that community? See, no, okay. Of people that thought you were cool, maybe. Yeah, I would say subconsciously that for sure had to Everything be the rationale. Exactly. You would have Obviously. never thought yeah. that in your yeah, whose thought process is like, now it's time for me to go back to be the cool guy again. Right. Yeah, no. for sure. Everything subconscious. That's very right, true. Right, right. Yeah. But I went back. I guess I was just looking for a little bit of familiarity. Okay. You know, plus I had never I had never been single. Like I said, ninth grade through twelfth grade had a girlfriend. Yeah. Time to go back to Lexington, go to the University of Kentucky, be a single guy. Okay. And, and Wait. Why did you want to, you wanted to go to UK? Because you're like, I'm not doing baseball anymore. I'm just going to be a college dude. Precisely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Just going to go in college and be a jackass. It's terrible. Everyone else. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And it um it was a great experience. Uh, pretty classic. This is kind of a theme. Um, you know, I, I mentioned the whole idea of going back, hitting college, being yeah. single, and uh, like four months into the school year, I started dating a girl. No way. Dated her. All of college. What was the plan? Were you gonna? Were you going to? My favorite expression: crush. P- <laughs> yeah, was that, that was it? Totally the plan. Was the plan to be like single and independent and kind of just do whatever you want to do, or was 100%. it to? Hundred percent. 
Okay, or was yeah. it to, like, I'm going to score with tons of chicks, dog? It was just, like, it was, I loved the aspect of being able to be single because whenever I am in a relationship, which has really only been two long-term ones, I'm, like, just really staunchly loyal to it, you know? You I should d- never watch. You're I'm a good not, person. I'm not stroking myself saying, oh, yeah, I never cheat, but it's, like, I feel like uh, nobody almost, cheats. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I Maybe don't think that's, that's anything to brag about. Yeah. Am I wrong? I think you're right. I don't think anyone cheats. I mean, the, the people that are cheating. It's a small like sliver of people. No doubt. I would have to agree with that. I don't think you even have to bring up. Do you know what I mean? But I would do it to the point where it was like really detrimental to anything. Like I wouldn't even give the idea. I didn't really like talk to many other girls. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just like, I just wanted to, cause sure the temptation's there, right? I guess the temptation's there with anybody, whether you're a good person and you follow through with it or not. You have to make it happen. You have to force that to happen. No one's accidentally like, oh shit, we just made out. Yeah. You take a lot of steps into getting to that point. Absolutely. So I guess, you know, I was just always keeping myself as far away from that as possible. And yeah. I don't regret doing that. You know, I dated no. the girl all four years of college and, uh, she oh, was really all four years, yeah. four months in and all four years. Yep. Yeah. Met her. Right. She was like one of the first girls that I met and she was really cool and dated all throughout of college. So fast forward to, I guess what? Wait, wait, no. Wait, are you going to get to what happened there? No, here's the deal. We dated all of college. She's from Cincinnati. She's the reason why I ended up coming back up to Cincy. She was a Cincy girl going to school in Lexington. Got it. She graduated a semester before me in December. So I'm down here finishing up school. She moves back up here. Yeah. She got a job. We do the long distance thing for, you know, what, what, a semester. So like four or five months. Okay. That summer comes and it's like, in my brain, it was just like, okay, now I guess it's time to move up to Cincinnati and continue to be with this girl. Were you and hype so, on that idea? Because at that point, I thought been, that I was. You'd been alone. Yeah. In a way. Okay. So exactly. So for the first, okay. So if we draw it back Don't to- Don't you dare um, touch that table. Yeah, exactly. I you listened before. I'm over here. Ch- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tapping. Yeah. Um, the same way that I went up to NKU to try to play baseball. Yeah. Because I was like, all right, yep, here it is. This is the next step. Identity. This is the next step. This yeah. is what you do. So mm-hmm. I dated the girl all of college. She got a degree, got a job. I mm-hmm. got a degree. Now it's time for me to get a job move up there. We'll move in together eventually. Yeah. Time to buy a ring. You know, I would just, I fell into that archetype that you see that it's so common now that, you know, so many of my buddies are going down and it's, yeah. a, it's a good thing. But for me, you asked if I wanted it. I definitely thought that I did. Yeah. Yeah. And then was your, cause your identity is now attached to this girl. I, there's so much in that statement. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah. this is Lee and then what's the girl's name? Jillian. Jill is oh Lee and Jillian. You yeah. know what I mean? It's oh, like yeah. who you are. Lee and Juge. Yeah. Yeah. And she was a great girl. Like she was a cool enough person that I was down to have my identity tied to her, you know? Right. So very kind, big friend group, you know, awesome yep. girl. But there's a lot that goes into that. I think that's true. You know, I dated the girl all four years of high school. Mm-hmm. Dated her all four years of college. I think, like for me. I've always struggled with feeling, 
you know, maybe self-worth is like a little melodramatic, but if you've got a girl okay, and you are a good ass boyfriend okay, and you be sweet to her, take care of her, it's like at the end of the day, even if you haven't done shit, you can be like, yeah, but I'm still like a good boyfriend to this oh, good girl. Really? You know what I'm saying? I, I've been thinking of that a lot lately because it's like, why... In like a, you know, essentially a nine year span was I in a relationship for eight years, like 14 to like 23, 24. So you still feel like you're doing something with your life if you're in a relationship with a good girl and you're a good boyfriend. I'm helping at least, at the very least, contributing to making this person's life better. Okay. And it's like like, a role player. And it's like built in. It's like, this is my girlfriend. We're together. I don't know. Maybe I just tried to look into that a little bit too hard, but... No, I think there is something there where you kind of get your own... It's that self-worth of being attached to someone else who maybe you do perceive as having value. So you're like... Yes, okay. Therefore, I have value because I'm with them. No doubt. Because they're not like a piece of shit. She's, She's investing four years into me. Right. I must be pretty solid. Like, even if I have all these other shortcomings and I think I'm kind of floundering, it's like... Yeah. Well, she's on board. Yeah. That's cool. There's something validating about that. Absolutely. Like someone that I know is a good person. Yes. Wants something to do with me. No doubt. Okay. So what, uh, what so, happened? So man? ended up moving up here, mm-hmm. <clears throat> kind of in the theme of the whole identity crisis thing. I ended up taking a job that I hated. What was it? It was a sales gig. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. Inside sales, man. And I took it just because, like we were saying, process. Mm-hmm. graduate, get a job, make the money, move in. Yeah. That whole thing. I wasn't touching the table. No, you're good. <laughs> um, took a job that I hated, now. sat in a, sat in a cubicle eight hours a day, made cold calls oh, to small gosh. businesses, trying to sell them like, you know, back of the office software, Ooh. payroll, health, you know, healthcare, HR. It was awful. Yeah. Did that for a while. And then obviously what happens when you, move to be with a significant other oh no yeah of course well we dated when we were younger all throughout college it's like this perfect little utopian world right explain you're in this same small town okay you really don't have to worry about much as long as you can not fail out of college um there's there's real no like there's no real world strain in a college relationship. You're living, you know, five miles away from each other. It's carefree. All you do with each other is just have fun. Yeah. You know, it, it's like the environment. Of course, of course, people. No outside circumstances. Yeah. Messing with their relationship. Life doesn't happen in college. Uh, You're just stuck in this little bubble. Incubator. Ab- incubator yeah. effect. A hundred percent. Interesting. Okay. So reality hits. So reality hits. She's moving up here. Um, she has a good job. She's mm-hmm. working a bunch of hours, but uh, she's living with her parents. I moved up here, had this job, hated it. Yeah. I think we both... Okay, so first off, we got out of that incubator environment. Yeah. I think we... Is the relationship different now? A hundred percent. How? We we had to worry about the other things now. I mean, she was working 55, 60 hours a week. Okay. So you're not seeing her much. Yeah. I'm, we're not seeing each other month much. And it's like, it was just this big, huge shock to both of our systems where you go from being a pretty, 
pretty carefree college student hanging out with all your friends. Yeah. Living in a house with like four of your buddies. You just never had problems before. No, nothing really. Yeah. Yeah. I've, okay. You know, I've lived a, a charmed life, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, college yeah. does, it, like you said, it incubates you. College in particular. Doesn't, we all have our yeah. shit. My life has been just sterling compared to a lot of people's. I'm really fortunate. Oh, yeah. But... Yeah, college definitely kind of you 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 lull yourself into a real comfortable place. Right. You you find that identity, or mm-hmm. you think you do, and it, but it's in that niche of that very specific world. Yeah. And you get out of that, you can't stay in the bubble, man. No, sir. Well, yeah. It's the, yeah. High school, mm-hmm. go to college. You're like, what the hell just happened? Right. No one knows me. Exactly. I'm just Anonymity. a guy. hundred yeah. percent. I am just a guy. Yeah. It doesn't matter. No one gives a no one. Gives a fuck. Yep. It's true. Yeah. So we both were just kind of getting unhappy with what? our personal, like with uh-huh. our individual lives. Oh, okay. So outside of each other. Yeah, just no. Like your I mean, there was, there was, there's stuff going on for everybody. We're sitting up here. We're working these jobs that we don't really like. We don't mm-hmm. really see each other. Um, admittedly, I was uh, building resentment. Ooh. I moved up here. Okay. We never really see each other. All right. I hate this fucking job. Yeah. When we do see each other, we're both just like really tired and kind of moody. Yeah. You know? So it's like, that's not her fault. I moved up here on my own accord because I wanted to go up here and, mo- and live with her, right? Yeah. But it's resentment builds. Yeah. So there was a little bit of resentment building. On her side too? Did you I would imagine kinda... so. Of course there well, is. Well, you said you guys are both kind of moody when you guys yeah. are chilling. Yeah. So it's a little... Tense. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, we're not, we weren't moody people, but just at the time, we were very unhappy with where we were. Yeah, and you took that out on each other. A hundred percent. You saw each other. It's like, this is your fault. Exactly. When it's not. Yeah, of course it's not. You just have a bad job. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. You just have a bad job and you've, and you're, and you've never had to work a shitty cubicle job. Right. You know? So yeah. that ended up happening. You know, the whole, in air quotes here, the break. She went on a break oh, with me. Oh, man. She went on a break. How does that go down? You know, it was actually pretty wild, and this is terribly sad. Uh, we were... I love it. It was... Yeah, right. So good. Uh-huh. We came to a head at about the beginning of February, and the writing was on the wall. We really hadn't had anything. like We didn't formally discuss it, mm-hmm. but we both knew we were on the way out. Okay. And then... Uh, Valentine's Day of, I guess, 2014, one of her best friends and this girl that I grew close with during college actually died in like a horrible accident. Whoa. That's sad. Dog. It was, it was, it's terribly, terribly <laughs> sad. Just this beautiful young girl. What happened um, to him? Man, she, uh, it's it's just an awful story. Her name was Maddie Suker. Yeah. Just a delightful human being. Yeah, yeah. She went out on Valentine's Day. It was very cold. She got a taxi cab ride back, got dropped off at her house, walked around back. She wasn't like wasted or anything. It was uh-huh. just an accident. Uh, reached down to get the key, slipped, hit her head, died of exposure, man. Froze what? to death on her back porch. No. Yeah. What? Nightmare. Wait, but Nightmare. Then, so the other person died on a different occasion? What no this no this is this is the girl who died her oh. my, my, yeah Maddie got it yeah. only one person only died. one there was only one excuse me yeah okay yeah Yo. so 
Terrible, terribly sad story. Okay. And um, it's too bad, man. Exactly. Sounds like a lovely girl, man. She really was. Yeah. She, yeah, she was very lovely. And but, so pile on top of that, we were having these, you know, some of these fights that were kind of coming down to the wire, and and we were things Which were on is the petty way bullshit out. or what? No, I'm just kind of the built up stuff. We don't really even know what we're fighting about, but we we go on a date on a Friday night after yeah. a work week, and it's just not that fun, you know. Right. Yeah, it, we were both just pretty unhappy with each other. But with Maddie's death, that kind of, it rekindled it. Of course, obviously it did, right? I mean, Wait, this, it brought even more resentment? No, it brought like, us back for oh. a little bit. Well, I mean, it, oh. yeah, how were we going to break up this four-year relationship after this person who was a big part of our lives? Oh. You know? So, so I mean, needed each other. It was just kind of like life is so fragile and be be good to the ones that you love interesting you know so that we i mean we had to drive together to chicago to go to the you know the funeral and the arrangements and everything yeah that's an intimate thing man yeah absolutely so i mean that was that was kind of and we even acknowledged this afterwards like that was definitely a band-aid yeah it was a band-aid and i think we even knew it when it was happening we were just kind of like I still kind of feel this oddness here, but yeah. what the hell are we going to do? At, Isn't that weird, the, though? Isn't that weird that you're going to have so a weird. moment of like where you can just pause it for a second and say, mm-hmm. you know, let's put this petty bullshit aside and like. Life you know, is precious. Yeah. Yeah. Why are we doing this? But then naturally the petty bullshit rears its head again. Always. Isn't that bizarre? Petty bullshit conquers all. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. What was the real thing there, though, man? Before you go more into it, but like, what was the real thing happening there? If you could put it, you know, because obviously petty bullshit, you find about things that are not the things you're really mad about. A hundred percent. They're just manifesting themselves in weird ways. Projecting. Like, yeah. yeah. Do you, do you know? Yeah. Um, I, and I didn't, we just, I know this sounds super cliche. We mm-hmm. wanted very different things. Would you, would you, want? it was getting to the point where, you know how I moved up here and it was like, here's the process you're going. And it's like, we're going to be engaged soon. And yes, she wanted that. Okay. And then the longer that I was up here, the more I was working this dead end job, I was like, I don't want that. Ooh. You know, and it was never explicitly said, but it's like her friends are getting engaged. She's going to a bachelor, bachelorette party every right. other month. Mm-hmm. And she was really jazzed about that. She wanted a she wanted a house soon. She wanted to be engaged. I think you know, and yeah, and I just really wasn't wanting it. And that's basically. But you weren't wanting it because you didn't want to stay in Cincinnati at that job, right? Right. Was it because you saw your life? You were like, well, if I get married, all this is my life. A hundred percent. This continues. A hundred percent. But it didn't have to, man. No, it didn't have to like that. It could that. have got on monster.com. Yeah, exactly. It could have. But but then also, I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do, yeah. really. I didn't know what I wanted to do, and she had a pretty clear picture of what she wanted to do. Okay. Got it. You so know, she like, was she, like, she, I want this to continue. She had a pretty killer blueprint blueprint for the way things that for the way things were gonna go. Yeah. Whereas I was like, Hey, let's pump the brakes. Let's right. pump the brakes. Let's We're look 23. at Lee for a little bit. Yeah. Let's yeah. consider me. Yeah. And like the fact that I hate waking up in the morning. Truly. Let's take care of that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Here, let's consider me. And even if I wasn't saying that like to her, I mean, that's what's going off in my brain. 
It's yeah. like, dude, you've been in the last nine years, you've been in a relationship for eight of them. Yeah. Can you, how, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, can you just be a dude by yourself? That's going through your head. Yeah, sure. You're thinking, do I, who is Lee? Who is Lee? Outside because of, I've always, yeah. it was, it was Lee and Katie and during high school and it was Lee and Jillian throughout college. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do. So all of that's going into play where I'm just, you know, it's just kind of really weighing down on my head. Yeah. And what you said earlier was really true. You're like, all right, so if this is, this, this could be my life. Yeah. This could be it. Like if I marry this girl, if we get engaged. Yeah. And I'm not trying to sound pessimistic because I know lots of people are getting married, but it's like, that's a wrap. You know, you got to be comfortable with the idea that it's a wrap. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's over. Man. Do not have any apprehensions before going into a wedding. Right. You know, or before an engagement rather or anything like that. If you couldn't say like, I could do this forever, then don't say I want to do this forever. <sighs> then, then don't just legally bind yourself to doing it forever. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, you know, and <sighs> no doubt. And I don't know if, if you fall in the same boat. I mean, do you have... Do you have a bunch of friends who are getting married and getting engaged? And oh, man. Most of my friends are yeah. married, yeah. Yeah. Same here. And it's it's a beautiful thing. And I really, like, I, I wrestle with myself a lot because mm-hmm. I don't want to be, like, some pessimistic guy. Yeah. I doesn't. But it's just, I'm so far away from that, wanting that in my life right now. What? To be married? Yeah. Or just to be in a relationship at all. Really, you're oh, so you're I'm finding very, yourself. Yeah, then. absolutely. Okay. Yeah, I'm, and it sounds again. It's I'm I'm like way too much of a mess in a lot of ways right now to be. I wouldn't be able to be the good boyfriend that I was when I was 17 without a single worry in the world. What's a good boyfriend? Huh, good point. I don't know. What is that? What is that? What is this good boyfriend you speak of? Just being... What couldn't you be right now? Laid back. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the worst thing that could happen in a relationship is that you're way too up in each other's shit too often. Explain it. Well, I mean, just... You gotta have... You gotta have friends aside from your significant other. You have to be comfortable yeah. enough letting your significant other go out and have a different life. You know, I think people get caught up so much that they they're in this relationship. We're a couple. We're us. Don't go no be one else. you. Yeah. You know. So Interesting. I think that that's probably you know I, if I had to put it on the nose, yeah, being a good boyfriend or just a good uh, significant other, it would just be be okay with that other person being their own person and then be okay with being your own person. And then when you're together, just let it. You couldn't do that right now. I don't want to. I I could. I just, I don't, I, that takes effort. What I just explained, that's being in a relationship is, you know, you're checking in or you're, you know, you're always, and, and I'm not saying checking in like, Hey babe, I'm, Right. Just letting you know that I'm going to get a beer with the guys. Right. Not like actually checking in. But if you're in a relationship, and of my opinion, if you're doing it right, let them know what's, let them know what, bring them into the fold a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, let them know if you're, I guess I just don't want to like have to let someone know I'm going on a trip. Hell yeah, dude. I just don't really want to let anyone know what the hell I'm doing. I couldn't even imagine letting someone know that I was doing anything. Like nobody. I'm heading home. Yeah. It's like, 
no thanks. Not right now. So right now, you're good just doing whatever, and no one needs to know about it. 100%. No one needs to know about anything you do. Oh, my God, yes. No I calls, no check. And everyone knows the check-in. Yeah. Everyone knows where their boyfriend, where their girlfriend is right now. You see your boy out in front of the bar, mm-hmm. pacing around the sidewalk with his phone. It's like, yeah, where there's no surprise who's on the other end of that phone. Exactly. You know? Yeah. And again, at the risk of sounding completely pessimistic, mm-hmm. it's like, I, it, that's a beautiful thing. Some people can do it and cheers to that. Yeah. And I'll do it again someday, maybe. But right now, it's just... It's not your truth, man. It's not my truth, Joey. Yeah. It's so true. And it's it's there's nothing better than just being by yourself. Yeah, you don't have to tell me, man. Yeah, exactly. You've been a lone wolf for quite some time. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And there is, you know, there is something to be gained. Um, but I think the point still stands is you and your id, who you are as a person, isn't going anywhere. Yep. It's here and to stay. I can think occasionally you can find people that will love you unconditionally. And at that point, you need to say, these people need to stay. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I think you need to be okay with who you are at all times. And you need to understand that you are enough for you. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we, uh, we ended up going on a break. It was actually her doing. You knew it was the end. It was the end. Okay. The writing was all over the wall. You were chill with this break. It was. It was so anticlimactic. We've had a couple anticlimactic yeah, breakups. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it was so anticlimactic because it's like we had this, we were together for so long, pretty formative time in your life, you know, yeah. during college. And it just, we just went on a break and it was very kind of casual. She, um, definitely get the idea she was she was under the impression that this break would be just that a break that it would, that it would be a break where she got to go off and better herself and I got to go off and better myself and then we'd come back and meet in the middle and get this show back on the road okay and in that intermediary time where it was a break mm-hmm. i i pretty much decided that yeah i'm good with the way that this train is rolling. Did you know that at the time the break was established? Were you like, yo, dude, I was like, no way I'm damn, coming this back. This is probably the end. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This but is, she would, you could tell she was still like, well, we'll fix it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And they were probably, yeah, absolutely. And it was never like overbearing. It was never, you know, when I was never texting her yeah. late at night to no text back. She was never texting me late at night. Like it was, it wasn't, it wasn't like extremely drawn out and painful or anything, but it just kind of got to the point where, you know, after three or four months, I stopped checking in. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it didn't become, I, I, we were broken up. Did she try to put it back together? At any point was she she like, Hey, so let's like talk. At one point, at one point it was like four months into this break and Mm -hmm. we were talking, we'd got together and got a drink or something. And she was like, um, yeah, I just, I don't think that we're going to get back together. I don't think that you want to get back together. And I, you know, I was just like, yeah. Nice assessment of me. Yeah, exactly. Good call. Entirely right. Good call. Yeah. And then that was it. And then that was it. Okay. And that was it. Because you were so happy just being without anyone. Yeah, I mean, so happy might be a little bit 
on not the like, nose. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I'm not skipping around. Right. But it's just, you know. You were it, enjoying your time it, by yourself. It, there man. was a burden removed. And this yeah. is not me calling her a burden, but just right. just the being tied to another person. General responsibility. One less. Yeah. Exactly. For sure. One less thing to worry about. It was pretty cool. Okay, so you got used to that. Was it painful at all becoming a lone wolf? Totally. Been a, oh, yeah. Yeah? Absolutely. Still yeah. is. Really? Yeah. I've so been there s- are times where you're like, ah, it'd be nice to have a lady here. Oh, yeah. Yeah? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I but mean, for the most part, you're still like, no, this is it. This is my life right this now. This is it. This okay. is it. Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty like one-tracked mind right now. Okay. There is, you know, but there's, there's not enough room like I was saying earlier there's not enough room for me to be in a relationship and do it right like I would be an absentee boyfriend you don't have or the whatever time. I don't have the time that's all it is or the inclination to put in the effort yeah if you met the right person you'd put in the effort 100% you know that's I think true. that goes for anyone exactly so now I just focus all my energy to make sure that I don't find the right person like I'm not dude it's spooky you know what I'm man. saying like I'm not putting myself out there at all ah. yeah I mean I, I don't really seek it out jeez man at all that's that's crazy no it's true I think it's funny yeah you're just like I, I think... don't want to meet someone that I like that then I just have to do you try to meet people you don't like cause you know I just don't try to meet that many people okay cool you know it's pretty I try it, it, it's it's weird when you meet someone you like and you're like, oh boy, why <laughs> exactly. now? This sucks. Dude, there's a great scene in the, in the rum diary. It's in the, I don't know if it's in the book, but in the Johnny Depp in the rum diary, mm-hmm. he's out on, he's on the beach in Puerto Rico and he picks up his binoculars and he goes and he looks out into the sea and he sees, um, I forget her name, Amber Heard. That actress, yeah, he sees her out on a boat, completely naked, and he says something to the effect of like, "Oh, why, why are you, why here now? Everything was good right now." Exactly. Why? And he, it's I don't know what the exact quote is, but it's just recognizing that fact that he was okay, but now he sees this naked girl on a boat, and he's like, "I gotta figure." Now that I'm out. aware that that could be a possibility. I gotta pursue it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you're you've got your eyes turned now. Absolutely. I'm just I'm very much just not putting any effort into the situation at all. Okay. And it's good. I mean, on on my end of it, I've seen some growth in myself and some changes in myself and like we were talking about earlier, it's good to I've been single for like well over a year now, the yeah. longest time that I've been like a sexually viable mm-hmm. person and been single yeah you know so it's cool it's it's i'm not i'm not going out and getting laid every single night there was a portion of that because that's always you know just a different you're over that different person yeah i'm definitely over that right now okay yeah right on. because maybe you know maybe aside from all the other variables as to why i've been a serial relationship guy it's like i don't just kind of passe casual sex at this point to me like maybe i'm just not super into it you know it's definitely like i it's a lot of work i dig it a lot more if i'm invested you know that's that's not like a unique perspective i think some people enjoy actually liking a human being before they enter them common thought yeah absolutely i think it's out there pretty good so then we're on this break it turns into the breakup the summer comes Mm -hmm. i had ended up 
quitting my horrible cubicle job. Yeah. And I got a uh, substituting job at a high school up in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. And I was really digging that a lot. I liked it. That was actually what my degree was for in college is education. Yeah. So I'm in a classroom. It's really cool. I've get this class for like three and a half, four months, ninth graders. It was really pretty rad. Okay. So the summer comes and I'm up here like, all right, school's over. The reason why I moved up here is now defunct. We're not in a relationship anymore. So I moved back to Lexington. Because you have nothing going on. Nothing going on up here. Okay. You know, I don't, I'm not making enough money at the time to like have a one bedroom. Yeah. You know, I was living with my aunt at the time and I didn't want to just live in Northern Kentucky with my aunt and all uncle and all my cousins. If I'm just around, just chilling. Yeah. Here's our, yeah, here's our nephew Lee. Okay. So you're back for the summer kind of back for the summer, okay. but without indefinitely. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Back for the summer, but without like an actual plan. Okay. It was like, okay, yeah, I pretty much have to leave now. That right. school's over. So I go back to Lexington, you know, piddle around for a summer, hang out with my buddies, uh, worked on the farm. Mm-hmm. My family, we've got a, a little farm in eastern Kentucky and uh, just worked on the farm all summer, hung out with my family, hung out with my nana, hung out mm-hmm. with my pop, uh, just had some good family time yeah. and just kept putting off and putting off and putting off. And then it's September 1. You got to figure it out. And I'm still just... Back Did you go my, back to your place back, in Cincinnati? Back at my parents' house, and uh, it's September 1st, and I'm like, okay, well, <clears throat> I got to do something. So I moved back up here okay, and went to the school that I was substituting at and got another like full-time, long-term substitute position. Mm-hmm. So I was teaching seventh grade from like September till the end of the year. Yeah. And I got a place up here, and I was back living everything was pretty good. You know, it was, this was last year. It's like when I started, uh, it's when I first did my first open mic. It's Mm -hmm. when I first started doing comedy. I wasn't living with family. Yeah. Yeah. I had my, uh, I had my own apartment. I had this job. I had some friends that I worked with. Okay. You had a life. I was, I had a life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I had a life and, uh, and it was really cool and I was jiving on it pretty hard. Yeah. But here's summer again. Mm Mm-hmm. And this summer rolled around and um, I had to go back to Lexington because I just mentioned the summer before I was down at the farm with my Nana. Mm -hmm. Um, She had gotten sick. Yeah. And it was my time. I had to go back to Lexington. I had left the job at the school that I was teaching at and cut the leaves from my apartment. It was summer um, and I moved back to Lexington again for the third time in three years without a plan. Why'd you move back? Because my grandmother you? got sick. They needed you. Yeah, I, I was the. I'm the oldest grandkid on that side. Okay. And it was. It's just what I had to do. I had to go back. There was no um, question whether should I come back or not. There was no question whatsoever. And this wasn't goaded by anybody. This was like, Nana's sick. She was diagnosed in, like, August. Okay. And. It was like, yeah, not even a question. It's time to go back. You know, because I was living up here for six or seven months while she was sick down in Lexington, driving back every weekend to go hang out with her. And, excuse me, um, moved back down to Lexington. You're super tight with your Nana. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. She grew up 
or I grew up rather only, you know, seven or eight minute drive from her. Mm -hmm. And we were just really tight. She was a pretty, she was a pretty incredible human being. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, just extremely well-read, really kind, very humble, Mm -hmm. uh, very unassuming, but just intelligent enough to be able to talk to anybody. You know, I mean, she could walk in, she could walk into the Oval Office and sit there and shoot the shit with the president, Mm -hmm. or she can go down to the soup kitchen and stand around a trash can fire and hang out with those people. Yeah. You know, she was just an incredible person. So when she got sick, it was like, you know, one, I got to go in there and soak up as much as her as I can. Uh, Two, this shit's going to hit the fan and it's going to get ugly and they're going to need me to yeah to Explain do some shit around the house <clears throat> well cause you're an yeah, able-bodied boy yeah exactly yeah. I'm an able-bodied boy I did um as everybody knows cancer pretty much just mm-hmm. eviscerates your body so you know there in the last couple months it was you know getting her out of bed and mm-hmm. getting her to the bathroom and getting her changed and was that tough showered. to like see her like that oh dude I mean and I'm not I'm not trying to sound like way over dramatic here. <clears throat> Sorry, I got this tickle in my throat. Yeah, um, I mean, I have straight up textbook PTSD from this. Really? Dude. I mean, this woman who I grew up with, who I spent hours, thousands of hours, like knees into dirt, pulling weeds, yeah. talking about stories. Um just sitting in a chair across from her and just letting her talk to me for two hours, stories and tales and anecdotes. Right. And she was just larger than life. She really was. She was larger than life. Mm-hmm. And she's just like this ethereal being. Yeah, like a godlike figure. She really was. Yeah. Like, I know people, it's really easy to like look at your grandparents through rose-colored glasses. Right. Be like, oh yeah, that's Nana. She's obviously awesome. She's not, it's, you almost see her as inhuman. Yeah. And then you, her humanity is kind of exposed to you when she's done. Oh my God. Yeah. It shook me to my core and still does. I mean, it's, it's crazy if she lost, you know, it's like 90 pounds. Yeah, man. Doesn't even look like herself physically. You know, her voice is weaker. And this woman who, other than the cancer, she was a physical anomaly. Yeah. She died when she was 80 and when she was 79, she went to fucking Europe and just like traveled around Europe with her wow, son. Wow, the year before. Year before. Wow. The year before. The cancer took a little over a year. It was, it was pretty vicious. Dang, it was man. pretty vicious, yeah. Um, when they go, they go. That's how, that's how my grandpa was. It was just when 100%. it was done, it was like he was 94. I was like, dude, this guy can't quit. And then all of a sudden it was like, I remember visiting him. And I remember hugging him. We went to Bob Evans. He's in a wheelchair. And I remember like hugging him. And I was like, oh, he's dead. You're going to die right. real soon. And then um, I think it was three weeks later. I was like, that's when he died. That was the clear point to me. I'm like, oh, this is a, a dying man. It's pretty crazy to be around that and yeah. to witness that. Oh, I bet that had you to be know? insane, I mean, man. see, it's step by step. Yeah. And yeah, like I said, just the contrast of what it had always been. Yeah. You know, she she had every reason to be a total bitch. 
she grew up in southern Arkansas, mm-hmm. which was, you know, the epicenter of racism during that time. Right. She was born in like 1938, I believe, in southern Arkansas. Yeah. Grew up comfortably, you know, had some money growing up, uh, moved to Lexington with her husband, my grandfather, mm-hmm. and uh, they lived a, a nice life as well. And she had every reason to be completely uppity, and she just wasn't. Yeah. She was just so level-headed and so kind to everyone that she met. And when you see her, like you said, when you see the humanity side of it, when it's just carved down to nothing, yeah, it, it really strikes you. How's her mind? Her mind was sharp as a tack That's up good, until man. the very end. So yeah. this is pretty funny. So she's sitting there. It was, I mean, she was quite literally on her deathbed. Right. As in she was going to be with dead within three or four hours. And she was sitting there and uh, my mom and then her sister were in bed with her. And they were just sitting there talking to her and just kind of, and she was going in and out at this point. And she puts her hands up and touches my aunt and my mom on their cheeks. And she goes, girls, you know, I love you both so much. And this is, thank you so much for what you've been doing, but I really hate the sound of your voices right now. So I'm going to need you guys to stop talking and let me die. No way. (laughs) And... Was she that sense of humor? That wasn't like, oh, just some senile old woman being mean on her deathbed. That was her three hours before she died trying to get a laugh. Oh, it was. Tell a joke. Oh, dude, voraciously funny. So funny. That was that was a hundred percent. Did your mom and your aunt shut up? Then they fucking died laughing. Okay, they died laughing. Okay, you know it's it's like so. Yeah, you ask how her mind was. I mean, she could. That's awesome. She could recite poetry. She could. She could tell you anything. Well, yeah. dude, there. I mean, I think in that sense, it's kind of fortunate that you just watched her physically decay 100%. rather than mentally. Because no I've doubt. seen that, man. And there is nothing more painful than that. And I had that conversation with her a lot. Mm-hmm. And you know, she was from being so well read and. Uh, being married to a doctor for a long time. She was incredibly pragmatic. Like, she had a real good handle on dying. Mm-hmm. We talked about it a lot. Yeah. Like, she wasn't, it wasn't some, like, hippie woo-woo type stuff. Right. But it also, it, she she was pretty comfortable dying. And really, we've talked about it. It's like, once it kind of started going downhill. Yeah. And then she looked up and realized and was like, oh, wait. I've got dozens and dozens of people like running to my aid and running to my husband's aid. Once she noticed that everything was okay, it was just like over and she died. You you know what I'm saying? Like it was once she realized her husband was still alive. Yeah. Her husband's still alive. I spent all day with him yesterday and the day before. So once she realized that all the ducks were in a row, everything was taken care of. It was like, I can... I'm comfortable leaving. Now. It was such a downward spiral. Like, cause I moved to Lexington with, with the idea in my head, the figure coming from the doctors, yeah. like six to nine months. Yeah. So I'm like, I'll be down there all school year. I'll be substitute teaching in mm-hmm. Lexington. I'll be Uber driving in Lexington. Right. And then, you know, I moved back down there on June 15th and she died on August 19th. Wow. Yeah. It was pretty crazy. I mean, it was such a, just a fast acting thing. Cause it was like, it wasn't, there was no, like she may get better. It was like, we're just waiting this thing out. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What's and the point, man? What is the point? Mm-mm. Absolutely not. Yeah. I mean, it's like the the that was her main thing is that she just she was uh she was appalled to be a burden on her family. Yeah. That's it. She would say it all the time. And then when she realized that oh, I'm not a burden. These people just love the shit out of me. Yeah. Then she was like, "Oh, this is dope. I can just die now. I've had a right. great life. Like this is really cool." Yeah, it's over. Yeah, it's over. Yeah. The ship has sailed. Right. And, you know, another thing that hit everyone pretty hard is that it was just a given. Because, dude, grandmas die. Like, yeah, dude. that is what happens. Mm-hmm. Every single person you know, if they were lucky to, enough to, like, have a relationship with their nana or yeah. their grandmother, lady's going to die. It's not a tragedy. No. This one sim- seems a little bit more like a tragedy because we were all under operating under the uh, idea that she would live till like a hundred. Yeah. Her, her mom was a hundred one. Mm-hmm. Her grandmother was like 98. This uh, woman was so vital. So you thought you still had like 20 years. Yo, yeah, dude. Yeah. She was supposed to live to be a hundred. Yeah. I was supposed to dick around and do whatever I want and then have a baby at 37 and yeah. she would still get to be a great grandmother. Right. You know? And then she just gets sick and goes in a year and everyone was just sitting there looking around like, did, did Nana just fucking die? What? Yeah. It's just so unexpected. Yeah. Even it, though it, it is did. like grandmas die. I mean, it's weird, man. Cause some grand, my, I mean, I had a grandma died at like 77. I had a grandma that died at like 88 or something. Right. You know, or maybe nine. I don't know. But it like a long time after. Yeah. My other grandmother died uh, when I was 10 years old. Terribly yeah. sad. But I was 10, you know, right. I, I yeah, loved her. Here. And it was like it, that was like the romanticized version of a grandma. That was just me. I, I was so in love with her just because she was my sweet grandmother, my father's mom, who was the best cook in the world and yeah, the sweetest yeah. lady ever. And you didn't really have that adult relationship with her. Exactly. Yeah. But it, it's it's really weird because she died young. She died at 64. Yeah. And I just talked about this with my dad the other day, who's about to turn 61. Yeah. When it's like, 65, holy shit. Dude. Your dad's 65. Mm-hmm. Part of the old dad crew. Old dads, man. Dig it. How old are you? I was 27. 27? Okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. your dad was, he he was 37 years old. Mm-hmm. Dig it. It's good math, man. Yeah, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Yeah, well, my dad was 35. Yeah. So I just tacked two on top of that. Nice. Yeah. Cheater. Don't get it twisted. I yeah. cheat. Absolutely. So the whole, the whole process was just pretty wild. And, you know, they, after she went, man, like, I just dipset. Where'd you go? Back here? Covington, yeah. Cincinnati area. Mm -hmm. I just left. It was like... Why? I ran away. From what? Well, well, I was living up here. I was living up here, and I had a pretty good thing going on, if you remember. like I had the job. I had some friends. I had Mm -hmm. an apartment. I had some income. I was doing the comedy thing. I was like, yeah, maybe I'm kind of happy in Cincinnati. Yeah. And then Nana got sick, and it's and again, I was just like, all right, got to go deal with this. Right. And then when she was gone, then I was back in Lexington, and it was like, what the hell am I here? I yeah. need to go back up there. So well, I, you probably wanted to get away from all the grief, too. Well, that's it. That's why I said I ran away. 
Yeah. Like I came, she died on the 19th and I came up here the 20th and uh, signed a lease. Yeah. Like hurried it, hurried it. Yeah. I had to get the hell out of Lexington. How do you feel about that? I got, uh, did, did people need you there? Bad. Yeah. Yeah. I carried, I carry a lot of guilt. I do anyway. Yeah. I'll, I, I beat myself up about everything. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel bad about shit that I said to people and, sixth grade yeah but when you know when i left lexington this second time um or this third time rather after nana died i did i carried around a lot of guilt but then it was like everyone was just such a wreck that no one really had i i didn't i couldn't worry about it yeah you know i couldn't worry about it it's like i just have to get out of there i just have to i have to get away from it yeah this last weekend was actually pretty killer i went back to lexington for a little bit of an extended stay and then on monday and tuesday uh, i just worked at the farm all day with my pop yeah and i came back with this like shot of energy in the arm because i feel so much better like he's doing well he's okay. doing he's doing much better so than we all thought he would. yeah absolutely yeah. and i will continue to do so right you know like i'm not i don't have that full-time job anymore mm-hmm. so i'm <sighs> I'm an exclusively an Uber driver. Yeah. Uber and Lyft substitute every now and you know here and then, but right. I got to keep that sketch free. Yeah. So you know, I I'm pretty I'm pretty content with kind of like vagabonding around and just making sure that my people are okay in Lexington and coming up here. And you've said the word anonymous a couple of times, and that's kind of what I dig about it up here the most. Yeah. Is Lexington is you know I'd go out and. And I don't have a bad word to say about Lexington. It's a great town. Yeah. But it was just my hometown. Mm-hmm. Where'd you grow up in Indiana? Warsaw, Indiana. Yeah, dude. Imagine just staying there your whole life. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Don't make me. Yeah, just jump off your balcony. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So, I mean, it's just it, it just got kind of small there at the end. It was time for me to go. I mean, I'd walk down the street mm-hmm. and see, like, my fifth grade teacher. Yeah, dude. Which isn't a horrible thing. But it's to like, me, it's a horrible thing. Right. I hate seeing everyone and expecting some sort of like social engagement with everyone that's totally. been in my past. Absolutely. I don't know you then. I say I ask this all the time. Like, okay, because I'm. Do you you don't do a good job like keeping up with people, right? I mean, do you if text message how me. you do if they matter? Yeah. But just like that's probably not a very large pool of people that matter, right? No. Yeah. My circle is small. Yeah. And even those people, I do a pretty shitty job of like corresponding with them. Yeah. So now in this world where it's like, dude, I could get a hold of you 10 different ways. Yeah. And you can get a hold of me 10 different ways through the internet. And it's like, just because we have the means to keep up with everybody that's remotely meant something to us. Yeah. Do we have to? No. No. Hell no, we don't. It's not wired in us, man. No. And you dude. Did, you leave. I know. And that's the, f- that is funny. Cause every time I get a message on Facebook, I'm like, I no longer feel like just because you can reach me at any point in time, anywhere, doesn't mean exactly. that I owe you a response, nor especially does that mean that I owe you an immediate response. Absolutely. Nor does that mean that I am an asshole for thinking either of those things. Think whatever you think. I'm an asshole. I yeah, don't care. Right. Exactly. I'm just like, if I want to respond to you, I will. If I don't, if I forget, if I don't do it for a while, be butthurt about it. I didn't mean anything by it, but I just like, you cannot expect that of everyone. And there are people who have just gone hook, line and sinker for it. And it's like, 
yeah, let's keep up with everybody. If Joey doesn't hit me back up, he's a dick. Mm. You know? Yeah. It's like, I don't, it's, it's, I'm pretty bad at it. I mean, both, all the times that I've left Lexington or, you know, when I left Cincinnati and went back down to Lexington, I mean, you talked about it in the last podcast, the whole mm-hmm. Irish goodbye thing. Yeah, man. I'm pretty good at dropping it like it's hot and cutting ties and getting the hell out of town. Goodbyes take a lot of your emotional energy. They really do. Keeping I'm up with really good does. at it. Yeah. Some of my closest friends in the entire world who I would consider to be in that small circle that I just talked about found out I was moving back up to Covington like the day after I did. Yeah. You know? Right. But to me, it doesn't, that doesn't compute in my head to be like a bad thing. It's just like, here's, I'm just doing my thing. I, I, I don't feel like I need, I, I'm just, I'm just living my life and I don't really feel like I need to update everybody on it. You yeah. know, not a big Facebook updater. It doesn't, you know, you got to come to terms. Once you come to like to terms with the fact that you don't actually matter to a lot of people. Right. You realize there's really no need to inform everyone where I am, what I'm doing, anything about my life. I can just live my life as a person. Absolutely. And no one needs to know if I moved back to Cincinnati. A few people probably should. Yeah. People that care. Yeah. No one else needs to know. Absolutely. No one else really actually cares either. Yeah. And that's just the truth of it all. I mean, mm-hmm. it's maybe I, maybe I sit around and think about other people more than I should. You probably not that much though. Not that much. Not as much. Okay. As you but think. here's the deal. The only, I don't, it's not an altruistic thing. Mm-hmm. I don't sit around and wonder about people that I haven't talked to in a while. Yeah. Be like, I wonder how they're doing. Hope they're I doing sit, good. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I sit around and wonder and be like, God, do they hate me? Like, am I, have, was I an asshole to him? Does he yeah. just sit there and think about how much of a dick Lee was? And it's like, no, you egomaniac. They're not sitting there thinking about how you jilted them because you don't even enter their brain space. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? You're the, dude, you're the star of your own movie. You can't 100%. help but think that everyone's no thinking about you all the time. Exactly. That you is are. human nature. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because all I think about is me. Right. Exactly. It's very true. Yeah. Because it's, uh, yeah, and it's funny that way. So, yeah, you just, you forget about it and you think, oh, no one actually cares about me anyway. And then you stop doing all the things that you felt like mattered. Absolutely. And you just kind of do the things you want to do. You give that emotional investment to the people that you want to, the people that matter, the people that are going to be there. And then everyone else, it's like, maybe you get some, but I don't have time for this. My life is short. And then it's also, it's like the whole mindset where the you're talking about the people who matter. The people who do matter aren't going to get all butthurt and bent out of shape about me not letting them know everything about what's going on in my life. They'll get genuinely worried. It's like, that's how they get, that's how you, you whittle down your group. Right. You know, it's like, yeah, this is just my boy. This is my girl. Like, regardless, they're on my team. They know what's going on with me and they're going to be, mm-hmm. they're not going to get all bent out of shape about my yeah. behavior. Or maybe that's just if they get total rationalization in my no, head. No, I think you're right. I agree with that. I think if they get all butthurt about it, it's the butthurtedness. Ugh. It's that like, oh, well, screw you. You don't care. It's it's If they get that way, then it's like, ah, they just needed some sort of validation from me responding exactly. or something. But if, if a person's like, dude, I tried to get a hold of you multiple times and I couldn't do it. 
I'm worried that you're not safe. And right. it's like, oh, you care about me. If that's the me. case, then yeah. it's like, all right, awesome. Right. What good friends I have. Yep. So on the topic of butthurt of this. Yeah. Do you often get butthurt? Um, sure. Like, and I know you're I'm asking sensitive. the question. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a pretty sensitive guy too. Yeah. But my, I get, I'm so, I can so easily shirk it. Like I can so easily just be like, eh. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Just kind yeah. of in the whole idea, like in the whole vein of what we're talking about. No one, at the end of the day, it's not like there's some nefarious nature, but no one really cares, right? That's what we're saying. Right. No one really cares. So maybe I can I apply that. I just don't really allow myself to get upset really about don't waste your time. anything. Yeah. And that in itself worries me sometimes too. It's like, dude, just, you know, give a shit about something. Yeah, give a shit about something, but still, like, pick the things that you give a shit about, like, wisely. Right. Because your brain, I mean, it's it's the brain space thing, man. You can only think about so much stuff. You only have totally. so much room in your brain. What's that, the Dunbar principle? No, what that? The Dunbar, and this is just me regurgitating information, you know, I'm not... That's what we are. Terribly about, smart. Man. Exactly. I know That's you didn't true. come up with the Dunbar yeah. theory. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The Dunbar theory, it's a sociological theory where it's um, humans, we only have like a Rolodex in our brain. We can only actually give a shit on the level of like your best friend and your or your wife or husband mm-hmm. all the way up to like an acquaintance. Mm-hmm. We only have the space in our brain for 150 people. Okay. 150 people is like really like your maxed out number of people that you can give a shit about and like be able to recall their name or have information or like, you know, be conversational with. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it, it's pretty, it goes back to, you know, that's like the average size of a tribe or some shit, 150 yeah. people. And it, it just, it gets weird when you just start, you know, chopping people off of that list or maybe adding people on, or maybe you look at your list and you're like, oh shit, that's like 15 people long. That's pretty, that's pretty short. Yeah. And there's all degrees of friendship. Too, yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah. But yeah. I don't know. That is, I mean, I try to think about my list and if I do hit someone up on Facebook, I will, I'll let them, like sometimes I get inspired to tell someone, Hey, you remember this thing you did for me one time? Right. Yeah, I'll do stupid shit like that all the time. But I'm like, but I don't, I feel good about that because I'm right. like, dude, I wonder if this guy remembers that there was one night where I ran out of gas in this parking lot and he helped me. He went and got gas for me and then my battery died after he'd already gotten gas for me. And then he went and got jumper cables and jumped my car. Right. Something he probably doesn't even remember. But I have to hit him up. I'm like, dude, Brandon Stewart, do you remember <laughs> doing that for me? Like, that was and wasn't, like, weird about it or anything. But he was just like, hey, yeah, let's, like, get so you can go home, yeah. dude. And I just, I'll, like, hit him up. I'm like, dude, I don't know if you remember that, but, like, that was amazing, dude. Yeah, props to Brandon Stewart. What a so, guy. Yeah, it's like funny. I mean, we're talking about how no one is sitting around thinking of you or no one, no one's, you know. People do, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, I guess you're yeah, right. But, yeah. but the, no, but then also it's like, it's good to hit him up and be like, hey, yeah. you're probably not thinking about me, but just want to let you know one time you really hooked it up. It's and not that about was some me. Good in the, exactly. It's not yeah. about me. It's like, right. just want to let you know, 
I was thinking about you yeah. because you saved my ass that one time and I st- will always appreciate that. Right. Yeah, that's pretty, that's cool. Yeah. Brandon Stewart, he a he high school buddy. Sometimes. Yeah, high school buddy. Right mm-hmm. on. Yeah. So, I mean, and this is, there's no real segue into it, but I thought of it earlier. I mean, I know you had a really uh, Christian upbringing. Yeah, pretty Christian. So as far as death goes and stuff i mean where do you fall with it how 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 much is have you experienced it i mean i i mean just kind of like grandparents and stuff right but what what are you asking me what do i think happens more or less yeah what happens after we die joey please tell me and i mean (laughs) well like if you're a sinner you go and you burn in hell forever eternity very painful. But if you're... Uh, no, I'm not doing this bit. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? Me either. And I've been... You. you know, I try to know. Like, I I try to think about it at least. But what the hell is there to know? We can't really know. You can figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't know. I Obviously, I've been thinking about it more just because of the whole... You know, Nana just died yeah, she's just somewhere. now. She is, right? She mm-hmm. has to be somewhere. Yeah. I totally think that she's somewhere. I don't know. I can't. Again, I don't know, man. Yeah, I know. It was a silly thing to just bring up right on the nose, but I didn't know if you had anything that you felt passionately about. Because some are people are you trying to are you trying to get me to say that your nana is out there somewhere and you will be with her one day? Because that is entirely true. Lee. Yeah, that is exactly what's going to happen. Yeah, agree. Thanks, man. That I don't know me. a lot, but I do. I know was just that. grasping. Yeah, you made me feel better. Yeah, because some people get, I'm a prophet. Yeah, because some people are, you know, there's nothing more annoying to me than when somebody no, like thinks that they know something oh, for a fact. Beware people that have the answers, man. It's like, yeah, we don't know anything. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. No one cares about anybody and we don't know anything. I just, <laughs> very few people yeah. genuinely love you unconditionally. There's plenty of it, man. Like you said before, your yeah. mother, Mom. got your mama. Dad does. Shout too. out to my mama. Shout out to my dad too. Yeah. They both love me very much. But yeah. They think about you constantly. Right. Do you ever get held back? Cuz I mean, here you are. You've you've got yourself, you've you've cut yourself out a nice life. Like you're doing well. We're sitting oh, well, here in your you. apartment. Yeah. You're you got a damn podcast, I you do. know, you're doing your thing. Mm-hmm. So, have you ever been held back by and sorry, I'm just sitting here asking you questions. No, I love but it. Have, have, you ever, have you ever been held back by worrying about what your parents think about something? Because, I mean, I know sometimes you bleep out when you drop the F-bomb in here. I mean, is there, is there, I mean, do you worry about them thinking about you? Not really. Because no. we're, at this point, like, my my parents are my friends. And there's no, at 27 years old, you can't have a parent son relationship right. with your parents because you're a grown be, man right they have to be your friends 100 percent. so at this point i'm like totally honest with them i'll call them talk to them about whatever because i don't need a mom and dad anymore exactly yeah i'm still pretty tight i'm always been pretty tight with my parents and that was another thing that was just another level of it is how much it crushed my mom yeah yeah just beat her down into the ground it killed her because my mom's a nurse so, I mean, she was there doing all the bedside stuff. This was your mom's mom? Yeah, this was my mom's mom. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. They've uh, 
came from a really small place. This is just a, a quick little story. I don't know if it'll make it in or not, but I like telling it. I don't it. edit anything. There you go. Fuck I'm editing. very lazy. <laughs> but so the town that my grandparents met in, they met in this town down in Arkansas called uh, Hendrix. Or the, the college that they went to was Hendrix College. And there was only like 700 people that went there. They were both very much kind of like the king and the queen. They were, you know, very mm-hmm. popular on campus and very just, they were the cool kids or whatever, right? So my pop left. He went off to medical school, joined the army. And my nana was still there at Hendrix. And he would write her letters, send it, send it through like U.S. Postal Service, write her letters. But instead of the address, he would just write Hendrix College and draw a picture of her. And then it would go to like the town post office and it would get delivered to her doorstep just by the picture of her. She had this, you know, she had bright red hair. And uh, I, that's, I don't know if that translates or maybe it's just cool to me because it, they belong to me. But it's, that, yeah, that doesn't that exist out. anymore. I'm taking it out. Yeah. That does. It's all gone. <laughs> it no, does. I know you yeah, that, that shit doesn't exist anymore. Right. No, it's that, cute. That, they, they are gone. Like, that generation, there will never be people who were born, like, during World War II. Yeah. You know, no, obviously. Sure. Yeah, but yeah. still, it's like, that is it's a, over. That's a dying breed, yeah. man. That's a dying breed. People who were just, like, alive when TV happened. Yeah. But we're like 70 years old when the iPhone happened. Like that, that, that sense of like curiosity and amazement and then fear, like straight up fear. They're just like, this world is going to hell. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it just sucks that all the old people are dying. Yeah, dude, that's life though, man. Old yeah. people been dying since. Old people, they be dying, man. That's what they do. They stay dying. They, do their bodies shut down? And they die, man. That's the way it is, dude. That, that's what's crazy with... They see stuff. They have a life. They see things change. They freak out. No shit. Yeah. That's it. That's now life, people dude. are going to be living to 150 and everything, and the whole cycle is going to get screwed up. <clears throat> it's going to be more tragic when people die in car accidents, too. Do you know what I mean? Right. Because it's like, oh, shit, he died at 70. He had 80 more years left. Yeah, exactly. That's going to be... That damn self-automated car. Yeah. Can't trust him. I'm not getting in one. Hell no. No way. No. And as, a, as an Uber driver, I'm worried about it because that's my livelihood, man. Ooh. Can't have the robots taking over. Yeah, you got you got double double jep. I got double jep going on, <laughs> Yeah, brother. dude. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, it is. It's a damn shame, man. But it's... And it's, pre- it's been pretty cool. Speaking of all the technology and all that stuff, my pop, in the like six weeks since she's died... He's pretty much just like said, fuck it. And he's at, he's just kind of at peace. He knows he's not going to be here much longer. So he's just kind of opening his eyes to all this new different stuff. And we got him an iPad and he's, you know, he's going to be plugging around on the internet and he's like gotten really into conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories are tight. But he has been the most straight laced motherfucker for so long. What do you you mean? Well, I mean, he, he was pretty wild back in his day, but it's like, he was just straight laced in that very very central in his ideas didn't budge very much pretty stubborn cat you know and now he just would he saw this episode of uh about ancient egypt on the history channel and just took it as fact and it's so funny this guy who you know doesn't believe anything he's like oh yeah they built the uh they built the pyramids because an unknown race had a machine that could manipulate the effects of gravity 
And he's just like, yeah, that's just what happened. Hey, that's why a not, thing. Dude, why not Hell believe yeah, the man. most interesting yeah. answer is the true one? Why not? Hell yeah. That's conspiracy theories, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I've been getting balls deep into them lately. They're good, dude. Well, in this, yeah, absolutely. In this world, you look around and it's, everything seemingly seems to be falling apart. It's like, yeah, why not? I'll it's, take the fun it's answer. Fun. Donald I'll Trump, not fun. a real person. I not said real. It. It's out there. Absolutely. Fake. Neither of them are. No, both of them. All fake. Don't be a fool. Don't post stuff on Facebook. Don't be a part of the system. I don't want to We're be... We're not talking conspiracy. No, me either. No. no. I don't want to be like complacent. Like, I don't post about any of the, any of the, the you know, the main hashtags to get popped up. You know what I'm saying? Do that you? Doesn't matter. Like, no, the, are you like, care. here's my opinion on the election. Oh, my opinion This is what matter. I think. Again, black lives Lee, matter. Nobody cares. I'm yeah, a white right. boy. No one cares what I think right. about black lives matter. But then I just wonder like, what is the thought process on an individual level? Like, you know, those serial posters who are just, it's like, here's a topic that came up in the news today uh, and yeah. here's what I think. You, It's an identity sh- What it's is an, that? Right. It's an identity thing. You are trying to be associated with a group or a feeling or a thought or a movement. You want people to know you use your online identity to seem like a good person. A hundred percent. When in reality, you're, pff, you're probably a piece of shit. You show the world the life that you want to be living, right? You show people the things you want people to believe that you're concerned about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what, that's maybe the thing that bugs me the most is, you know, I was talking, we were talking about the whole idea of getting engaged and getting married and all mm-hmm. that earlier. And it's like, to me, on the social media, it just seems oh, so shit, disingenuous, dude. right? Don't it's do like, it oh, for cool. the likes, man. It's Don't like, do it. Yeah, yeah okay, cool. You, so. So here is your engagement photos, and then here's the wedding photos, and here's the honeymoon, and then, you know, you're still throwback Thursday in your wedding six years later, and it's like you're all following the the same. You're just down with all having the same life. Why? I I mean, dude, I don't know. I don't want to judge anyone's like opinions on life. I just, for me, I never do anything. Because I want validation from almost strangers. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? A hundred percent. Because it doesn't, like, this is my life. I'm going to enjoy my life. I'm not trying to convince anyone that I'm enjoying my life. Because it doesn't matter. Precisely. Yeah. That last thing you said, I don't need to convince anybody that I'm enjoying my life. Yeah. Doesn't matter. And it's sad when people feel like they have to. I I mean, if people get enjoyment out of convincing other people that their life is awesome, that's them, dude. Yeah, that Don't is Don't get them. sad for them. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. It's their life. That is true, even though their life's sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> They're miserable. Yeah. No, I know what you mean, but for sure. I I say that, but in reality, I'm like, ah, oh, it's poor bastards. A hundred percent. Yeah. We kind of bopped around all over the place today. Yeah, man. It's beautiful. This was good. Rapa, what do you got going? Like, got anything coming up? Yeah. When are you? Uh, when are you going to tomorrow. put this up? This is up tomorrow. Yeah. Okay, right on. Yeah. Uh, Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky, folks. Uh, I, Rob Wilfong is letting me host one of his shows at Mahogany's in Latonia, Kentucky. That's Friday night. And then if you are down in Central Kentucky, I am on a show hosted by Kyle Fields at uh, Bell's Cocktail House on October 20th. That's a Thursday at 8.30. 
And other than that, man, just busy guy. Yeah, not really trying to be. That's I just cool. drive around all day. I don't have anything going on. Hell yeah. yeah. Well, uh, this is this was cool. Thanks for letting me come on this, man. I, I, yeah, I love dude. listening, and this is really rad to be on a podcast. Not gonna lie. Yeah, dude, this was fun. Thanks a lot, Lee. Yeah, no problem. Be good, man. Later.